Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Uh, sorry. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Please welcome Chris. Thanks, Ingrid. Well, today I want to talk to you finally about the kingdom of God. And uh, in order to talk about the kingdom of God, we need to talk about distractions. And one of the biggest distractions in the modern life right now is worry and anxiety. The things you worry about, your money, your future, your country, your family, your love life, your aspirations, all the things you're anxious about have the ability to impact and keep you from your higher calling. Your worries, your anxiety can actually keep you from your higher purpose. And some of you here today, just you're going to need to change the way you think because you are too consumed with your own worries in a way that's actually keeping you from becoming what God made you to be. And just so we're clear, I want to give you this. What is worry? When we talk about worry, what is worry? Worry is this. Worry is when we dwell on things that we can't control. Look, there's so many things in life that you cannot control. You can't control. And when we dwell on them, we are running all the terrible scenarios that could possibly happen to us. There's, and here's what I know. There's an endless supply of things that we can dwell on that's out of our control. And it's possible for you to be anxious about something for your entire life and never see relief from it. And that's not good because when you're worrying, when you're anxious, you're distracted. And it actually keeps you from something amazing that God might want to do in your life. I mean, we just read these verses. Look at, I'm going to read a few of them again if you want to put them up on the screen. It says, don't worry about your life. What you will eat or you drink or what you will wear. He says, don't worry about your body. Don't worry. Jesus is saying, don't worry about it. And he's saying, he gives this whole description. He says, look at the birds of the air. They don't worry. How much more? You're more important than birds. You know, recently we had a mockingjay in our, uh, in our area. And if you know what a mockingjay or a mockingbird is, is they do all the, all the sounds of um, all 
this is my talk. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's true. So they, they, the, the male mockingjay calls out and, and mimics all the different birds in the area until he mates. And he'll go around the clock like he's getting desperate. He's like, hootie hoo. <laughs> and uh, we were hoping that one of our neighbors would buy a BB gun and shoot it because we couldn't sleep, right? And, but God still cares for that bird. And he says, how much more do I care for you? And he gives all these descriptions about Solomon's splendor and this and that and the other. And he says, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Don't worry about these things. But this is, this is what the outside world worries about. People that don't believe that there's a higher power, that there's a God, these are the things they worry about because their, their future is uncertain. Your future is not uncertain. Your future is clear. And he does this thing. He says it at the end. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So what's Jesus saying here? He's saying, hey, don't worry. The problem of worry is not out there. The problem of worry actually starts in here. It starts inside of you. And he's saying to his followers and the people listening to this message, when he's preaching it, he's saying, you can be different than the greater culture that lives in constant anxiety and worry because they're uncertain about their future, because their foundation isn't on something that will last. And Jesus makes it clear that the problem is even bigger than worrying. When you read these verses, he makes it clear that there's a million different things that can distract us. There's a million different things that can soak and take our energy. There's a million different things that can take our time and our attention. It's not just about food. It's not just about clothes. It's not just about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs here. There's other things that can distract us, that can cause our brains to spiral, that can keep us like in a, like a mode of like, I can't stop thinking about it and I'm running the scenario. You overthink and you overanalyze. And Jesus is saying, it's a waste of time. That stuff you're doing is a waste of time. Let me give you some examples. Your political views. Let's just go right out of the gate. I don't know if you saw the news, Lisa. Your political views and the attention you pay to the political views of others, that can actually be a distraction because it's something that you can't control. You can't actually make somebody change their political views. And no matter how much you post about it, it actually does not change. So, wow, you know, I read this Facebook post and I was called this and that and I'm a terrible human. You know what? I think I'm going to change my point of view. It's never worked and it never will work. And when you spend time dwelling on that, that can actually be a distraction because you can't control what's happening. The attention and time you give mentally, that I give mentally to the controversies that we read about in the news. Look, every controversy is a controversy for a reason because it's difficult. And what we've done in our culture is we've tried to reduce and solve controversies in 140 characters or less. And what we know is you can't do it. These are complex issues. Over, spanning over many cultures in a particular location. And so when we kind of like spend time dwelling on controversies, that can be a distraction. How about the energy that you spend, maybe, maybe other people, but the energy we spend criticizing other Christians? And not just the energy we spend criticizing them publicly, like Christians are the worst. I hate this church. That's why I go to Pac City. It's the best. There's never any problems. 
not the things we do publicly, but how much mental energy do we spend criticizing other Christians? That can be a distraction. How much time do you spend overthinking about the shape of your body? How much time do you spend thinking about what your boss thinks about you? How much time and energy do you spend trying to just think your way into how a non-Christian should behave like a Christian? Like, like we want them to live to a standard uh, to a, the, uh, that comes from a God that they don't believe in. How much time do we spend thinking about that? And this is a big one. How much time and energy do you spend living in fear of the criticism of others? And Jesus says something pretty amazing here. He says, look, you pretty much can't control anything in your life. You can't, if you're going bald, you can't add hair to your head without, well, in L.A. you can, but everywhere else. <laughs> you, can't, you can't add a single hour to your life. You can't do it. You can't even add time to your life. You can't really control anything. And you know what? You can't actually know what other people are thinking about you. In fact, what other people are thinking about you is none of your business. And Jesus says there's so many distractions. There's, there's the worries and the cares of food and shelter and having a place to live and enough money to do the thing. But there's also distractions. There's distractions, political, controversial. And these are decent causes that all seem legit. But they aren't the best use of your life. And Jesus says, don't be distracted from what matters most. And he says something, you know, it's interesting. Um, you ever see uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark with uh, Harrison Ford? Uh, if you don't know who Harrison Ford is, he also played Han Solo in Star Wars. Star Wars is a space movie. Uh, a movie is... Something that's on film. All right, so uh, anyway, <laughs> it's so dumb. So you get this image in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Remember where he's going at the beginning and he has a sack of rocks and he wants to steal the golden head and he had to replace one thing for the other? Remember that? Now, that's kind of the image I get. Like Jesus understands that your energy is going to either be spent towards distractions or it's going to be spent towards good things, something that's better for your life. And you have to replace... The worry or the anxiety or the distractions with something healthier. You have to do the switch because you have to do something with your mind. That's just how the human mind works. Jesus was a genius. He understood this. And he says, you got to switch it out. You have to place your worries and your distractions with the most productive thing that has ever been invented in the history of ever. Forever. The most productive thing that ever came, that is now and ever will be. He says, replace your worry. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. And I'm not even exaggerating here. He says, seek first the kingdom. That's what you do instead of worry. That's what you choose to do mentally, emotionally, and even physically if you have to with your anxiety and your worries and your distractions. Replace those and be productive and focus on me and focus on my kingdom. If Stop getting distracted from things that you won't care about in 10 years and start getting focused on things that will have impact for the next 10,000 years. And if you want your life to count, 
If you want your career to count, if you want to have an impact, if you want your ministry to make a difference, and if you want this church to keep seeing lives changed, what do we do? We seek first the kingdom of God. So, okay, cool. Seek first the kingdom of God. What does that actually mean? Well, Tim Keller has this saying uh, that I'm going to talk about. Religion says, I obey, therefore I am accepted by God. But the gospel, the good news of Jesus, says, I am accepted by God through what Christ has done, therefore I obey. And it's two radically different ways of thinking about how we relate to God. One of the ways that we relate to God, the religious way, is like, I got to do everything right, and I'm in fear of what God might do if I don't do everything right. The other way is God loves me and God loves you and has a purpose for your life. And when we choose to believe that and we trust in that, we are now free to do good things in the world. And this is the basis. This is the key. This is the foundation to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God comes to us for free and we get to participate. And from this, if Jesus rose from the dead, If Jesus died and was crucified and died and rose from the dead, it changes everything. Every time we we believe and trust, or someone we know believes and trusts in what Jesus has done, that is us seeking first the kingdom of God. And every time we trust and obey what Jesus says, And when we read it in the scriptures, even if it's difficult and even if it's unpopular, whether it's about sex or money or power or relationships or gossip, when we seek first what Jesus says about those things, that is seeking first the kingdom. Every time we love and pray for our enemies, our professional enemies, the enemies, the neighbors that are just really difficult, our competitors, the people that think differently than you do politically, that's seeking the kingdom of God first. Have you thought about, I don't know where you stand politically, can we have all the, uh, the people on the left move to the left and to the right? And I want to see the breakdown, just kidding, we're not going to do that. But have you thought about this? I don't know where if you lean to the left or lean to the right, with everything that's happened in the last week with the Supreme Court. I don't know where you are. But have you considered... Have I considered, do we, how do we pray for those with whom we disagree? How do we pray for? Jesus, we pray for blessing and the health of those we disagree. We pray for our enemies. Man, that's really hard. Because right now, when I look on social media, I don't see a lot of tone that says, you know, we need to pray for that other team. Or we need to pray for those people. Or we need to pray for those moms. We need to pray for the people who are surrounding. I see a lot of just anger. And Jesus says, pray for those who are your enemies. And you go, well, you know, the people on the political side of the spectrum that I'm not on, they're not my enemies. Well, then it's great. It should be easier to pray for them. But you don't. Or we don't. We don't as a culture do that. Maybe you do. If you do, that's awesome. But as a whole, we generally don't pray for our enemies. But the kingdom of God is one of the signs of it. It's not the only sign, but one of the signs is we pray for our enemies and we pray for those who persecute you. And that's difficult. Kingdom of God, what is it? Every time you share your faith with somebody who's looking for hope, you share your story, 
and you're not ashamed or you're not embarrassed, and you might not even be that good at it, it doesn't matter. That is a sign of the kingdom of God. Every time you hand out a blessing bag or you hand out something to somebody who is in need, like whether it's financial resources, whether it's kind of a, something to help them get back on their feet, whether it's helping them get connected with people to get off the street, that is seeking first the kingdom of God. And let me just say this. Prioritizing the kingdom of God, sharing your life, your story with Jesus, with others, caring for the poor, the sick, the widow, the orphan, the vulnerable, like praying for your enemies, doing the things that Jesus says we should do. This is way more exciting. It's way more fun than worrying, than being anxious or being distracted by things that you cannot control. I'm putting you in a corner. You can't control that stuff. You're not going to be able to control it. You can't control every aspect of your life. If you could, you'd be much more successful than you are. You are where you are because there's things you cannot control, but there's a God in heaven who controls everything. He says, lean into me, seek first my kingdom, and when you do, everything else will get figured out. For a lot of us, this is a question of control. What do we believe about God? And I have to ask you a question. What is it that you are seeking first in your life right now? What are you seeking first in your life right now? Well, maybe you're saying, well, how do I know what I'm seeking first? I'm going to give you an example. It's real simple. Uh, let's look at how you spend money and where you spend your time. What do you spend most of your time on and what do you spend most of your money on? Show me your calendar and show me your credit card statement and I'll show you what you care about most. And Jesus says to Americans who have time and money, he says to Americans, he says, Prioritize me. Prioritize my kingdom. Align your time and your resources with me. And everything else that your heavenly father already knows that you need will be given to you. I mean, what a promise. What a promise. Just, just follow me and everything will work out. What a promise Jesus gives to us right now in this. So if you want blessing in your life, if you want God to do something big in your life, you may need to step out in faith and prioritize the kingdom of God and put it first in a way you've never done before. You may need to start caring about the things that God cares about. And at that point, you must trust that everything you need, spiritual, financial, uh, social, political, that there is a God above who is going to figure it out for you. So that's what it means to seek first the kingdom of God, and that's what we need to do with our anxiety.